Thanks for joining us for this week's Positive Talk podcast. Your hosts, Julie Homrich and Chuck Allen, are in season number five and starting this season with three practical conversations about something we all struggle with, relationships. So settle in and enjoy the Positive Talk podcast as Julie and Chuck merge faith and psychology. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Positive Talk podcast, where it's a great day to find an encouraging and positive word. And as always, I am joined by my co-host and dear friend, Julie Homrich, who is a psych therapist, and I am simply a pastor. You put the two together, and we can come up with some weird crap and yet have a lot of fun talking (laughs) about it. I don't think you should minimize the pastor role. That's pretty powerful. Simply a pastor? Well, I mean, you know, I'm... It, you we're are. talking about relationships, and I'm already throwing out this, you know, anyway, let's get back to, I really believe, Julie, that we are living proof mm. that uh, relationships can greatly improve your life mm-hmm. and can have a greater impact on society when you live in healthy boundaries and healthy relationships, but it doesn't come easily. Mm-mm, no. And so last week we unpacked a lot about what what's kind of like relationships 101, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you poured out some really cool knowledge about what's happening in our body chemically right. in our relationships. We talked a little bit about the spiritual implications of that. Mm-hmm. We talked about the intentionality behind mm-hmm. that, and yet um, it's been proven by multiple studies that the greatest challenges we have in our life are interpersonal. Mm -hmm. And so relationships by their nature are messy. And so today we wanted to try to take another run at relationships and possibly talk a little bit about where did it all go wrong? Yeah. You know, as we were recording this past episode, I couldn't help but think, you know, we're discussing all these benefits of relationships. And I kept thinking, you know, I bet some listeners are feeling a little defeated, like Mm. maybe reflecting on their relationships against this ideal and wondering, why don't I feel like I'm in, you know, authentic, reciprocal, mutually beneficial, uh, growth inducing relationships, right? Why don't I have a community around me? Um, Where did we go wrong? And today we're going to dig into that. So If you've ever kind of sat there and wondered, why am I the way I am (laughs) in light of relationships, stay with us. We're going to talk about that a little bit today and also in the next episode. I don't believe it is possible to be in a long-term relationship and not have a season where it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if if by chance you are experiencing that, it's possible it's not really a deep-seated relationship. Yeah. Well, that's like when couples say, we never fight. And I'm like, well, who's not being honest? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, if I'm playing the game, I'm I'm throwing BS on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's a way to fight in a healthy way, Yeah. Right? Like, I saw my parents. They, I never saw them fight. Mm-hmm. But I saw my mother basically just cowered everything mm-hmm. and thought she never lived. Yeah. You know? You gotta so be that's authentic. not healthy. Yeah. But so I think a lot of listeners, and, and you kind of made this case, but a lot of listeners wonder how to determine if we're in an unhealthy or possibly a destructive relationship and are there some tangible signs that we can look for? Yeah. Okay. So have you ever seen the meme? We are culture, like we communicate in oh, memes man. now apparently. Um, but there's this meme and the therapist is, is looking at the client and is asking the client, why didn't you run away when you saw yeah, all yeah, of those yeah. red flags? <laughs> yeah. And the client kind of shrugs and says, I thought it was a carnival, you know? <laughs> I, I, and it's like, okay, I've seen that one. I've also seen the one where, um, 
they've got you know, this on the top half, uh-huh. this young guy that says, man, I was called to ministry. And now that I'm in my forties, it was so worth it. And the bottom picture says, just take a look. And it's this old grizzled, like 90 year old that's, uh-huh. and it's like, yeah, that's I I get it because relationships yeah we'll they, take it they out cost of you. you something yeah they'll take it out of you yeah and you know I think sometimes when we're used to drama like when we're used yep. to unhealthy relationships a healthy relationship can kind of feel a little unnerving mm-hmm. kind of like okay when's the other mm-hmm. shoe gonna drop or even boring at yep. times for people who are kind of addicted to that rush right yep. um, but we can learn to spot red flags Chuck yeah. and almost no one gets through life without encountering emotional dysfunctional people to some degree Absolutely. we touched on this last week a little bit yep. it can happen anywhere in close relationships family friendships work yep. someone who's working on your home you know anywhere you run into mm-hmm. people at the grocery store who are, you know, trying to uh, treat you in a way that might not be emotionally healthy. So we need to learn the skills of recognizing when we may be stepping into an unhealthy relationship. Now I say stepping into, because it is possible to notice that red flag, recognize the trap without taking that step into it. Okay. This is like when we sidestep something or we're like, I dodged a bullet. Like I have a client who says to me, you know, she, and she's getting really, really healthy, but she's like, I don't understand why she's like, Do I have a big sign on me that says like, Hey, you know, like toxic guys, like come on here, you know? And I'm like, it's not about you right. and a sign in the past, either your guard wasn't up. So you didn't see the red flags or you mm. saw them and you kept walking and yeah. therefore you walked into it without Ooh. knowing it. Right. It's not yeah. that there's something wrong with you. It's just, let's just identify, you know, how do we sidestep some of this? I am. Uh, so I have, I have this relationship it's distant now. So a few years ago, uh, this fella kind of comes into my life and I'm kind of intrigued by him. He's, he's pretty audacious kind of, you know, let's go, you know, tackle the world. Kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of, you know, I, I kind of a bulldog too, Chuck. Every now and then. And um, <laughs> thank you for that, by the way. And so I, I, I think it was meant well. Yes. So anyway, uh, my wife, Jenny, says, hey, um, have you thought about maybe this guy? And are you sure that relationship is healthy? Mm-hmm. And I literally was like, oh, come on, mm-hmm. you know. But now she, she reads people much better than mm-hmm. I do. I mean, she has this ability to do, I mean, she can spot BS from miles away. <laughs> I love it when you like say something at church and she's like sitting there in the audience and she, you're just like, like last Sunday you were like, okay, do you want me to stop now? <laughs> she's just like, yeah, cause staring. she does. Yeah. <laughs> and, but she, that is so true. So she, she says, what about this red flag? What about this red flag? I mean, she throws out three or four that are mm-hmm, totally legit. Right. Mm-hmm. I blow right past them. Mm. And honest to goodness, six months in, I'm like, babe, you were so right. Yeah. And, and, you know, being the humble person she is, she said, yes, I was. And, <laughs> you know, but it, but it is interesting. We do blow by them sometimes, yes, don't we? Yes, we do. And usually it's because either we are fixated on something or we're yeah. too busy to kind of really, you know, consider it. Or we think that we're, we are beyond um, human error, right? Oh, my we gosh. Kind of like, think- the, that happens to other people, not me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when we talk about dysfunctional relationships or unhealthy relationships, I'm going to break it down into two main themes, okay? okay? So in the simplest terms, there are these two main themes present in 
all unhealthy or even emotionally abusive relationships. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in these relationships, one or both partners, either uh, they misuse one of these two things or both. They misuse power or control. Okay. Wow. Power and control are the two main themes. This is what you're going to want to kind of filter everything through. Okay. Like you said, sometimes it's obvious. Um, A lot of times it sneaks up on us and we realize that something might be wrong or, you know, we feel a little bit off, but we aren't quite sure how we got there, how to get out of it. And sometimes people who are, uh, I I found this interesting statistic, people who are high in integrity Mm. actually get into, um, unhealthy relationships a little bit more like emotionally abusive relationships partially be because they have such a high level of integrity once they step in they think okay well i'm gonna stick with this right right yeah yeah. um even though it could be like destructive okay so i i had not really thought about it in that light but i feel like i see that in my office a lot Mm -hmm. you know people i want to do the right thing i feel like i'm letting everybody down by stepping away and it's like but but you're growing unhealthy in this yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when we think about those two terms, control and power. Yep. So what does control look like in an unhealthy relationship? It could look like demanding versus suggesting. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the first things that I noticed about my now husband was that he never like told me what to do. Like he right. would just suggest something yeah. and yeah. then we would talk through it. Um, ordering people around. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where, you know, instead of giving people the autonomy to make their own decisions, you feel like you have the ability to make those decisions for them. Um, excessive monitoring, you know, like mm. my husband and I, we know that we have access to each other's phone anytime we right. need it, but we yeah. don't like check each other's phone all the time. Yeah, same here there's with just us, a yeah. level of trust there. Yeah. Um, but when you have somebody who's constantly monitor- monitoring you, um, that's a level of control. Yeah, yeah. Intimidating. So intimidating is essentially taking mm. something that is a weakness of uh, of your partners and using it against them, um, using your power to try to uh, manipulate them, right? right? Um, a manipulating attitude. And Chuck, I find it interesting, the concept of manipulation. Um, I have a lot of people who come into my office and they talk about how manipulative their partner is or mm. even... Even children, they'll say, you know, my yeah. child is just manipulating yeah. me to get my attention. And whenever there's manipulation, there is an unmet need that somebody is using manipulation mm-hmm. to attain. So they either they saw it modeled that you can't communicate directly mm-hmm. or they feel like nobody's really going to listen to them if they communicate directly. Mm-hmm. And so they use manipulation to get that need met. Right. right so right. when we pare it down, we say, OK, what is the need? Right. Like my kids, for example, yeah. you're at either acting in a way trying to manipulate to get attention. I will say to them. You can ask mommy for attention. Like right. You can say, I need some right. attention right now. And I will say either, okay, now's the time, or let's figure out a time yeah. later where we can do that. But that's a, that's a healthy perspective because I I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, my partner is so manipulative. Manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you described it as a manipulative attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an approach to yeah. things, yeah. right? It's your way, of, your way of living. And it can be really destructive. Um, and unless that person, that partner is willing to take a look at what their need actually is, mm-hmm. we can't change them, right? We can't make them yeah. not manipulative. Yeah. They have to choose that. So does that, would, would these, would this list include um, things like, I know people, I've seen this in marriages in my office where a person is constantly pointing out what's wrong. Yeah, constant criticism. Yeah. So there's constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And then there's criticism that's intended to control. 
Right. So constructive criticism is one, there's a couple elements to it. It, it has been mutually agreed upon that the person wants to receive it. Mm. So you can ask them, would you be interested in hearing this? Um, so there's that element. And it's also something that the person can take or leave, right? Mm, yeah, now, exactly. Constant criticism, criticism that is intended to change someone is I'm going to criticize you because I think that by tearing you down, your actions will change, right? Yeah, which is just, um, you know. I, I grew up seeing <laughs> I grew up seeing that physically on a football field, mm-hmm. but that's in a totally different context, mm-hmm. right? If if my job if I if I believe my job is to tear my wife down so that I can mold her in the way I want her, mm-hmm. I have literally said to an all powerful creator mm-hmm. of the universe, I have a better, better model idea. for her than you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Um, there's one of my favorite quotes about relationships. It says the beginning of a, of a healthy relationship is to let someone else be fully themselves mm. and not try to mold them into, you know, the image of what you, yeah, yeah. what you want for them. Um, bullying is another type of control, obviously, yep. and shaming. Yep. This kind of goes along with what we talked about. Um, shaming in an, in an attempt to change behavior. Um, now power, the second element. Yeah. People in unhealthy relationships, I would say, usually have a complicated relationship with power. Yeah, and I'd agree. What with I that mean completely. by that is power, it's not inherently, you know, wrong. We all right. have power right. in our lives. We are given power, we are given dominion over certain things, right? Um, but when we take that and we use that to try to exert it over another person, that's when things get messed up. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I'm wondering if you agree with this, Chuck. I think that when, we feel in control of ourselves in our own lives. We don't feel the need to control others. I think that's absolutely true. Right. When I, when I feel like I'm in a healthy space, mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to control those around me, nor do I feel like I have to control the environment mm-hmm. around me. Right. I, I find it easy to be perfectly at peace where I'm at, mm-hmm. no matter where I'm at. Yeah. And to, and actually, you know, I don't want to sound like Oprah here, but, <laughs> um, but I really can find the, I, I, I can find peace yeah. in that moment, no matter where it's at. Yeah. And I think inversely, it's important if you're in a relationship with somebody who is, uh, has a complicated relationship with power, yeah. um, to recognize that the issue is not about you. The issue mm-hmm. is that that person is insecure and that yeah. person has yeah. to take responsibility for that and deal with that. Because both of these issues are grounded to some degree in insecurity and fear, right? Absolutely. And yeah. most unhealthy relationships, you know, we hear a lot about narcissistic relationships. Mm-hmm. Essentially what that is at the core is insecurity and fear. Right. All of it right. is. Yeah. So uh, it, it's probably helpful for listeners to get a, a feel of what are, what are some of the things that give you indications that, okay, control and power are, are, abusive, mm-hmm. destructive mm-hmm. In, in a relationship. Yeah. Well, and this can be a romantic relationship. It can be a um, friendship. It can be a, a coach. It you can know. be a business it can relationship. Be any, yeah, yeah. It can yeah. be with yourself. You know, I tell yeah. clients all the time, you stop bullying yourself. I had a fellow one time, um, and I don't remember, I don't even remember where, when it was, but I, I'll never forget, Julie. Um, I'd had this conversation with him, and uh, I was literally just, I don't know why, I, it was just 
one of the few times in my life I was being nice, you know? <laughs> I don't know and why. I, no rhyme I, or reason. I, li I literally remember saying, hey, man, listen, I just think it'd be great if we could do this, this kind of work together someday. Uh-huh. Four or five years later, um, the, it comes back to me, yeah, well, you said four or five years ago that we would do, and I thought, mm -hmm. okay, Chuck, mm -hmm. was I being manipulative when I said it, or has this thing become a manipulative statement that was never intended to be? And I look at both of them, and I thought, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's what relationships can do, right? We never know how somebody's going to receive right. um, what we bring to the table. And that's why communication is important. Um, I think there's obvious indicators that a relationship is destructive. And then there's some more kind of subtle ones. I'm mm -hmm. going to start with the more obvious ones. I mean, clearly, if someone's saying things to upset you or frighten you, you know, I see this a lot in relationships where there's one partner who's more sensitive than the other right, and right. the person is, you know, they say things that are very insensitive or they say you're too sensitive, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of taunting or capitalizing on their weakness. Yep. Um, controlling finances. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard of this, like the wife has an allowance. Oh my gosh. Have you heard of this? Okay. So Julie, I, I would say, um, there are three reasons why most couples wind up on the sofa in my office mm -hmm. when it comes to their marriage. Mm -hmm. Easily the top one in the top three is the controlling of finances, finances. Yeah. where to the degree that in finance, one or the other partner feels like they have to ask permission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just look at that and say, nothing can create a bigger divide in your relationship other than infidelity mm -hmm. than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, you know, finances or money is a very tangible thing. Yeah. And so, um, sometimes individuals will feel like they can't really, I mean, ideally there would be a mutual respect of how right. each person handles that. Right. And so that one's an easy one to hide under the guise of, but I'm just trying to help us be fiscally responsible. Right. 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 But, but it's not responsible relationally. Right. It's like a kid. You're like, I'm not going to give my kid any ability to learn how to how to manage their life because I'm just trying to be a protective parent. Right. Well, right. let's help them grow and learn and figure out, you know, what they need Absolutely. to do differently. Yeah. Um, there's also controlling your time, Ooh. controlling access to you yep. um, or attempts yep. to do any of these things. Uh, this is an interesting one, Chuck, swearing at you or calling you names. Now, I know it sounds pretty obvious, but I know a lot of people who grew up in environments where they were called they were swore at all the time, yeah, and it yeah. felt very normal and natural to them. Uh, we don't have time to go into it today. Maybe somewhere in the future we will. But what I see is that if you grew up believing that's a norm mm -hmm. and you find yourself in a relationship and that's a norm, mm -hmm. uh, I've used this phrase multiple times in a counseling situation. It is interesting how good you will know things are when you realize how bad things are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you can when you can um, reflect it against yeah, yeah. where you came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everybody has different um, comfort levels with swearing, right? But calling somebody an actual name yeah. is dehumanizing. Yeah. Um, ordering somebody around. This is when you don't treat your partner like an equal. Mm. Um, another indicator is, and this is something I see a lot, making a big scene about small issues. Right. Yeah. Now, again, yeah. everybody defines what's big or small differently, but something like a burned dinner and suddenly it's like, oh, you know, making these generalizations, like you're horrible. Yeah. And this is, yeah. you know, um, and you know, when I hear a lot of from men, what? and I know it's probably true, you know, the other way as well, but I actually hear men complain 
that their wife doesn't know how to load the dishwasher. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm not making this up. I've heard this on multiple occasions. Like, and my first thought is, on? number one, what do you care? You're not the one having to do it. Yeah, exactly. And number two, you're an idiot. That's so funny. I, I have mean, I have an extended family member. I mean, I mean that pastorally. So you're an idiot. Careful. He is so ridiculous about the dishwasher. Like he wants it a certain way. And when I lived with them for a season, oh I would my gosh. Put, I would put like just a few pieces out of place <laughs> just to kind of get at them. You know. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like Sorry, I just that, had to th- because it. That's a classic example. Yeah, here, right? right. And I love that you're like, well, you're not doing the dishes, you know? Yeah, I mean, just I, I just think to myself, they're dishes. If my husband says he doesn't like the way I'm doing something, um, like cooking or dishes, and my my poor husband, I am not a good cook. I am a great baker, but I do not cook well. <laughs> so he'll come over and he'll be like, you know, why don't you do it this way? And I'm like, oh, you just earned yourself the spot to do this. Like, you are so much better at this than I am. So why don't you do it? <laughs> Um, he's got a good sense of humor about it, but really when this happens, when they make that big scene, it's because they don't have the emotional regulation to handle something different in their environment. Right. Another sign is being intolerant of anything that could even remotely be perceived as a lack of respect. So I see this a lot in in parent child relationships, right? It's like if a parent says you're, you're being disrespectful. Like if a child is just communicating something back to them. Right. Um, so I was in a conversation with my oldest, um, a few months ago and we were kind of like disagreeing about something. And he looks at me and he's kind of, he's kind of talking to me in a way that I don't like. And I said, you need to stop talking back right now. And he looked at me and he's like, um, mom, isn't that kind of the nature of a conversation? One person talks and the other person talks back. And I was just like, oh, Lord. Um, but seriously, right? I mean, we can have... Good luck with that. I know, right? I'm caught. I don't know why. God has a lot of confidence in me to give me this child. But yes. um, so, you know, that is a thing, though. If If you have a sense that respect is something that is inherent and it just should be given to you no matter your behavior, then anything that could be remotely perceived as like a lack of respect is very triggering. Right. You know, again, I I take the male perspective on this and it feels like, and I don't know the data, but it feels like it is more common for a male to feel like he is more being disrespected disrespected Mm -hmm. by nature of how in a typical male female relationship that male is fueled by, by respect. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would say typically that is the case. Yeah. Um it, there's always outliers, you know. Yeah. My my relationship is somewhat of an outlier. You know that. something interesting in the in the disrespect world what I again seeing it from a counselor seat is that um in public mm-hmm. it's often where a male disrespects the female counterpart in the relationship Mm -hmm. and oftentimes for the sake of a laugh Mm -hmm. or a joke and it, and it can, it can dig so deep, but there's no recourse because the answer is, Oh, I was just kidding. Kidding. Yeah. And yet, I mean, it's like the the stab wounds already happened. They're bleeding out, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's a good point too, you know, because everybody has different, um, levels, like different comfort levels with jokes and banter and things like that. Um, but in a healthy relationship, you're able to say, hey, you know what? Like, 
that's not funny to me. Right. Right. right, right, right. And then yeah. the partner can say, oh, okay, sorry. Right. Right. Um, another thing that can happen in these types of relationships is using guilt trips or shaming. Mm. This is like the whole, I thought you cared, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when my kids say that to me, like, I thought you cared or whatever, you know, it's usually a different thing that they say, but I will say to them, I care enough about you to care more about your well-being than you liking me right, right. now, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny. People think that the ultimate diss is like, you've changed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and wow. it's like, yeah, I needed to. Yeah, no <laughs> right? kidding. Yeah. Um, sulking and refusing to talk about issues is another uh, indicator um, that, you know, the relationship is not always the healthiest. Um, do you think that is learned? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I, I really think when we see it, model where, where healthy conflict never really happens, mm -hmm. but it's just stuffed. Stuffed. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's how I learned in my home mm -hmm. that you would just stuff it and you never said anything about it. And I can't think of anything more unhealthy mm -hmm. than to not just have a reasonable conversation. Well, I think that's an important, important distinction, Chuck, yeah. because you might have somebody that you're in a relationship with and they're doing some of these things and you've just never known anything different. Right? Right, right. And the difference is, are they willing to listen and learn yeah, yeah. and start to kind of consider that maybe this isn't the healthiest way? Yeah. Right? I was asked uh, last week in a staff meeting, I did a little Q and a, and somebody said, well, if you could give us one piece of advice after, you know, all of your ancient years and ministry, what would be the one piece of advice? And, and it, it hit me just like that, which mm. was, I think it's really healthy to admit sometimes you may not be right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Three words. I don't know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or yeah, yeah. they don't know. Right. Um, so another thing that, that can be an indicator of an unhealthy relationship is threats, threatening the status of the mm. relationship when you have no intention to change it, just just to kind of throw them off track. Right. Um, one of the biggest things is accusing you of lying um, or having a bad, like, did you really do that? Or did you really mean yeah. that? Right. Over yeah. time, you kind of start to wonder, am I really wrong? You know, That's this, a thing. That's a real Well, And it's thing. a cultural, like right now, there's this big emphasis on gaslighting yeah. in our culture, yeah. right? Which is basically trying to make you doubt your reality. So this is like when somebody says something and they're like, oh, you're crazy, you know, like you're yeah. crazy. And it's like, first of all, I work in mental health. <laughs> yeah. So if someone actually is like what we would define as crazy, there's no reason that that would be helpful to bring up in a conversation. Right. right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's more of, you know, tell me about how you saw this because yeah. I didn't see it that yeah. way. Right. Yeah. Cause the, the question, am I really wrong? Usually sounds like this. Am I really wrong? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, how dare you even question that I haven't called this right. Well, I would say for some people and for others, they start wondering over time if their reality is constantly yeah. questioned, they really do start wondering, did I see it the right way? Absolutely. You know, yeah. this is like yeah. when parents are constantly telling their kids when they're hurt, like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Instead of like, yeah, like that hurt. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. You start to question your own reality. Now, the biggest red flag in relationships that um, I've seen and that I think the, the psychological community would agree with is isolating somebody right. from absolutely. Um, their community. You know, we are, my husband and I are foster parents, mm -hmm. and um, we do respite foster care, and it's one of the most fulfilling things that we've ever done. Um, but we have fostered, a, a, you know, from zero to 
I guess, 11 now mm-hmm. age wise. And when the babies are young, um, even if there's like a stay at home parent, a foster parent, they still have to go to a daycare for at least three days a week. And yeah. the reason why they do that is because they, most abuse happens in isolation, wow. right? They need, they want to have this accountability for the kids to be seen right. by somebody else, right? So if you start to feel like your world is getting smaller and smaller and smaller um, because of a relationship that you're in mm-hmm. and that your partner is encouraging that, yeah, yeah. Um, it might be something to take a look at. Yeah, because- that's... Um- that is sobering to think about it in that light, but it's healthy to see it in that light because you can also see these elements, mm-hmm. not just in um, a, a romantic partnership. Mm-hmm. You can see this in friendships and business relationships, parent-child relationships Absolutely. across the board, right? Absolutely. You know, it happens in work environments too. Yeah. So if you repeatedly find yourself in these like toxic work environments, yeah. if you're somebody who's like, gosh, every job I'm in is like so toxic, right? What we found is that if you look closely at your work environment, if it's an unhealthy one, um, you'll see that people tend to repeat their family of origin dynamics in their choice of work environments. So think about it. You know, we joke that people in work are like, oh, we're all a family, right? But like, really, you do because you are repeating kind of this, you know, where you fit in the mold, right? Um, I think... We talk about this a lot. Awareness is the first step to identifying anything, right? If you're not aware of it, you can't change it. Um, And if you find, I I just think if you find that this is a pattern in your life, that these relationships are a pattern, it is important to get to the root of maybe mm-hmm. why you continue to engage with unhealthy people. Right. You're right. not being blamed for someone else's actions. However... I know that people come into my office a lot and they ask me all the time, like, why do I tend to attract these people that hurt me? Yep, yep. Why am I now in a relationship similar to the unhealthy one with my father? Yep. Right. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard people say that to you. Oh, I, I have seen it up close, mm-hmm. you know, and it, I think it's such a thing Yeah. that this is, you know, awareness should trigger something Mm -hmm. to create this desire for different. And yet there is, there is some comfort that I think that it fuels an insecurity or a fear Mm -hmm. that says, but that's what I know. Right. Right. Well, and it's interesting, you know, in the case of the father dynamic, right. I've counseled a lot of adults. They felt powerless in childhood. Mm -hmm. And so they keep getting into relationships with men like their father. Right. Because, and this is going to sound like psychobabble, but it's actually proven. Yep. Subconsciously, they want to master what they couldn't control in the past. So oh, my gosh. Keep exposing I, that's themselves so true, I believe. Yeah. There's a psychological word for it. It's called repetition compulsion. Wow. Which means that we have a compulsion to repeat our past until we can heal it. Mm. And yet... It never really plays out yeah, that way. No, the problem with that is that yeah. we can't control another person. And then we usually end up feeling even more powerless yep. because now we think there's something inherently flawed about us right. that just causes people to hurt us. Of course, check the cycle continues, low self-esteem. And when you have low self-esteem, you attract people who value at the same level that you value yourself. Ooh. Um, I, okay. I just... I want to stop. I want to. Mm. I want to read that sentence again, and want our listeners to just ponder that one. The cycle continues with low self-esteem, 
which attracts people who value you at the same level or below Mm -hmm. that you value yourself, which says to me, there is some of this that is truly within your power, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it, it goes back to those neuropathways that you talk about all the time with me, mm-hmm. that you can train yourself a new and better way to think and as a result, act mm-hmm. and act upon and react. Yeah. And in unhealthy relationships, this is, this is something that is, when you're in an unhealthy relationship over and over, that's an indicator that, hey, Maybe I need Mm -hmm. to take a minute and Mm -hmm. take a look at this stuff. Emotionally abusive relationships, there's a lot more dynamics to that, right? Um, There's a lot less safety involved in those sorts of things. Um, But at the end of the day, people don't leave toxic relationships or toxic workplaces or friendships because even if they feel hurtful, like you said before, they feel familiar. That's right. right? It feels like home and it can feel really uncertain Mm -hmm. and a little bit Mm -hmm. scary to actually believe that you have value and that you have worth and to try something different. Mm. That Um, is so good. Now we can do that when we learn to change the way that we view love, security and attachment. And that will change our relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, just to put a bow on today's episode, I am, I'm reminded for some reason that when, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing in the world? Jesus came back and said, okay, this, uh, all those 600 and something laws that you've tried to keep and you can't, Mm -hmm. none of them matter unless these things happen. Mm -hmm. You love God and love other people. Now we, we, we like to stop there, Mm -hmm. but he goes on and adds a third element to it Mm -hmm. and says, as you love yourself. And you know, there is, there is a healthy perspective mm-hmm. about loving you as a creator looks at you. I made no mistake when I made the wonderful you, yeah. but love you so much that I want you to grow through this mm-hmm. and learn through this mm-hmm. and challenge yourself to think I am not made mm-hmm. to suffer in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. because at some point, we have to look in the mirror and say, as I did in, in my world, the problem is not the pastorate. The problem was the pastor, mm. right? Mm-hmm. The, the problem isn't the marriage. The problem might be me mm. because I'm not willing to move out of, a, of, of an abusive relationship mm-hmm. that I cannot manipulate. I cannot change. Right. And, and while I, I get it, like God hates divorce. I got that, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe God despises the fact that we remain in, re- in, in, in abusive relationships mm-hmm. without honoring how he's created us mm-hmm. to live beyond that. Yeah. And I would just urge us to think beyond yeah. what, what life is and be able to see, but this is how, what we've been created to experience. Yeah, I mean, I think God, I, I don't want to speak for him. <laughs> yeah, me either. I think if I could imagine, I would think that he would care more about our souls than our relationships. Hundred percent, right? One hundred percent. And it's complex, and yeah. we're going to talk, you know, next time um, a little bit more about yeah. this. You know, we always say in in emotionally abusive situations, we say if it's not physically abusive yet, we say right. slow is fast, and what that means is mm. that there's a lot of dynamics to consider 
But the first piece is recognizing that you're made for more. Yeah, right. And that will fuel you with all of the steps so that you true. need to take moving forward. So true. That's probably a great great time to just end this week's episode of the Positive Talk podcast. And I, I hope you don't feel like we've left you hanging. We'll be back next week with part three in this series. And Julie, some of these things that you pointed out today, I think would give our listeners this thought of, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm that person that does this mm. or wait, I'm stuck in this. Mm-hmm. And I guess my encouragement I would give to listeners is you really have been made for more yeah. and finding and striving for your soul to be at peace and enjoy peace. And I dare say happiness in your relationships. Yeah. I think, yourself. I think you never stop striving for that. Yeah. Because they can happen. Absolutely. And um, I, I think we are living proof of that in, in your marriage and mine and, and the partnerships and the friendships we both get to experience. And they're, they're all messy to some degree. It, they are. And that is just the nature of relationships, yeah. right? Yeah, we're people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just know you were created to have these meaningful, purposeful relationships. They're and messy, but they're safe. Yeah. <laughs> put yeah, it that way. Yeah. And because that is true, but they can be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should never stop striving for those. Yeah. Yeah. And so guard your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, which will allow you to guard your soul, which will allow you to see those red flags and act upon them right. rather than blowing past them. It's not a carnival. It's not a carnival. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening in this week to the Positive Talk podcast with my friend Julie Homrich and joining me. I'm Chuck Allen, and we thank you for listening in. I'm, we're always shocked at how many people listen to this podcast and we're grateful that you do that. So share them with your friends and family. I bet you've heard something that maybe a friend needs to hear. So share liberally. We would love for you to share these. You can find all of our previous podcasts on our website, which is positivetalkpodcast.com. And you can find us on social media at positive talk podcast. Julie, next week will be great. I can't wait. I know. See you then. Thanks again for joining Julie and Chuck on this week's positive talk podcast. Please share this episode with friends, family, and social media. You can find our previous seasons and episodes on our website at positivetalkpodcast.com. And join us on social media for more content at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again, and go in peace.